0: Welcome to the Casted Podcast, where we focus exclusively on our customers, brands who know the value of delivering high-quality podcast, video, and written content that their audiences truly want. And on this show, we will hear from the most forward thinking brands delivering and discovering how to harness the power of conversation and amplify their content marketing in a range of formats and channels and how they build integrated marketing strategies around podcasting and video. They're practicing what we preach and we want you to hear about what they're doing, why they do it. And most of all, how you can do it too. I'm Lindsay Chepkema, CEO and co-founder of Casted, the first and only amplified marketing platform for B2B podcast and video content marketers. And this is our podcast. You know, not that long ago, written content was very effective at bringing an audience to a brand. All you had to do to get your sales qualified opportunity was to create a beautiful and informative ebook and then push it live, capture an email address, and then nurture that lead. It's not the way it works anymore. Not at all. B2B buyer behavior has outgrown those traditional channels. Audio and video provide faster ways for buyers to find out what a brand has to offer. Content marketers have had to adapt as well. You know, marketing strategies must be more dynamic and more agile. Podcasts and video content have become the most valuable part of crafting these new and successful strategies. And don't just change, take my word for it. There's there's so many brands that launch podcasts and video series as experimental side projects that have now become brands who intentionally set out to make those easy to consume channels as the chief drivers of their overall marketing strategy. That's what my guests are sharing with us today. CMO Meredith Albertson and content marketing manager, Nicole Wood of Xylo launched their podcast, Sass Me Unfiltered, with the goal of making the channel the actual source of all of their content by using a little something called amplified marketing or squeezing the juice, as some might say, you'll hear us say that a lot in this episode, Zylo gets a lot of mileage out of every episode by repurposing and reusing content in other channels. With a small but super efficient content team, Meredith and Nicole have helped Zylo to become a leader in the fairly new SaaS management category. And today they're going to tell us how they did it. They're going to tell us about what their podcast goals were from the get-go, how they determined the value of their content marketing strategy, and so much more. Hello, everyone. I am Lindsay Chepkama. I am CEO and co-founder of Casted, and I am here with one of our amazing customers, uh, Zylo. I've got Meredith Albertson, who is the CMO, and Nicole Wood, who is content marketing manager. So thank you so much for being here, both of you.
1: Yeah, we're super excited. We've been looking forward to this.
0: This is going to be great. So we are going to do what we would, what lots of people do, is they record a podcast and have a great conversation and just take it where it goes. Um, but we're doing it live, and then we're also going to be recording it and sharing it and amplifying it, of course. Um, so to get things started, I want to hear a little bit about um, just kind of like the 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 nutshell of what um Zylo's podcast is tell us just a little bit about it and then we'll get into the origin story so so what is it what is what is your show all about
2: all yeah, right nicole so... this is
1: uh you're you queen bee of sass me unfiltered <laughs> so i'm gonna let you take
2: this one yes awesome yeah so our podcast is called sass me unfiltered the sas management podcast and and really the premise is um, to to kind of tell these unfiltered stories about those who are in the trenches of SaaS management. So IT, procurement, finance professionals who are doing this every day and um, just hear their advice and real world stories. Um, And um, yeah, more on SaaS management. That human
0: connection, I love it. I love it. So, Okay, so that's what it is. How did it come to be? Like earliest days, (laughs) give me the origin story.
2: yeah so I um it was about like a year ago from where we are now um, and uh, this was just like a few weeks into my my role here at Zilo. I think Meredith was you new. Know, we we're just meeting for the first time thinking about all these ideas for the future and and one of those was a podcast and I think we were yes. both especially excited about it um and then you know as time time went on um, realizing this could be a really uh, critical piece of our marketing strategy. And you know, hearing our customer stories internally, you know, seeing our wins channel pop up with some really exciting things all the time, just it would have been, it was a great opportunity to like share their stories um and, and really from their voice, from their perspective and um, like you said, that human connection. Um, and connect the market and our prospects with those customer voices, um, see it through their eyes. So um that was kind of where we we started that, you know, more in the direction of what it's going to be. And, um, you know, also SaaS management is a really new area. It's a new category. And, um, you know, Xylas is a creator of the space and a, a leader in the space. And we just really wanted to to bring these stories at a larger scale. And the podcast was a really great way to do that.
0: Well, you know, I agree for sure. <laughs> and it's a really great reason to to do a show. Um I'm curious since you started, since it was so early on and, and you seem really aligned um strategically for for what this show could be and why it should come to be. Tell me a little bit about the role that it plays in your overall marketing strategy. It sounds like and, and kind of spoiler alert, we're going to get to some of the the reasons it's been so successful is that it I don't get the um, I, I don't get the feeling from you all that it was something that was like, let's just try it over here on the side. Like from day one, it's been pretty central. Right. Tell me about that. Yeah, I, I mean, it really has. I, I think we can start with brand
1: um, and really how important, you know, audio and video has been a part of that. It's, you know brand isn't a tagline it's not just a logo it's not just the colors that you you know have on a website it's the mm-hmm. it's the conversation that someone has with your BDR at a booth it's the um the conversation we have with a salesperson at a dinner it's a blog post it's it's the webinar you know that you start to get introduced to a brand and um all these things encompass that um that brand strategy and you know to the individual consumer you know all that's the same so For us, using audio and using video as a way to, I think, really break down a lot of walls. And uh, and, uh, what is it, the third wall, I think, is the Mm -hmm. way a lot of people are filming these days. But we wanted to break that down and give people this understanding of what it was truly like to work with us, what our company is like as people, but also hear about how are we really tackling these real-world challenges, these expensive challenges with so many of our customers. Um, so it's been just, it's been really incredible for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And agreed. And seeing some of the results that you've had, which we're going to get into, um, it, it has been pretty incredible seeing what what you all have done in a pretty short amount of time um, leveraging the show. So um, kind of zooming out a little bit, you all at Zylo and, and what you have done is are such a great example of amplified marketing in action and how and of course those are those are our words like from from our perspective like what amplified marketing is and and you have really taken it and made it your own how does what you're doing at xylo differ perhaps from more traditional uh b2b marketing as we've known it over the last many years what do you think that you're doing differently do you think that you're approaching your strategy differently
1: I definitely do. I think that the B two B buyers are, are buying differently these these days. Mm-hmm. They are they are talking to their peers. They are researching. They are uh, going to conferences. They're reaching out to people in their associations that they're members of to understand how are their peers solving problems. What technologies or partners do they have to to really solve these problems? And the days of just uh, having an awesome content idea, presenting a, putting together a beautiful ebook, putting that out on, you know, in the internet, <clears throat> excuse me, capturing an email address, nurturing that, and turning that into a sales qualified opportunity, you know, those, those days are just gone. And mm-hmm. our strategy is really agile, it's dynamic. We want to make sure that we're delivering the, the type of content, the, the research, the education that our audience needs. Um, but also in the format that they need. You know, some people like audio, some people like video, some people want to read. Uh, and Cast just, has just been such an incredible partner for us in, in that ability to really deliver that really dynamic approach that our, our Zylo marketing team is so passionate about.
0: Well, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear that, of course. And I I love, again, the way that you have embraced this approach and we've just been so aligned from day one on, on you're right, how how B2B buying, how how B2B brand development. That's changing, that has that's been changing anyway, but especially in this 2020, 2021, 2022, what is 100%. whatever's coming in 2023. You mentioned <laughs> Nicole a little bit earlier about the the importance of human connection all day, every day, right? And so the more that you can capture these these stories of your customers and these real authentic perspectives and then use them Meredith to your point in many different ways that people can connect to that that's it that's the essence of it right that's how it works absolutely I, I couldn't agree more <laughs> <laughs> so on that note to tactically so that's we're all we're love fest on the strategy we all agree and you're seeing great results and, and I, I love what you're doing how does it come to life? How does your team? Does your team need to be different? Are the skills different? Um, what needs to be different on your side as you're structuring a team and a strategy around this amplified marketing approach?
1: Well, I have a little bit of a cheat answer here, but um, honestly, and this is one of the reasons I think just there was so much synergy with Casted from the start was. Amplified marketing, and we we our our terminology for it internally before before we met Cassie was a little bit uh, not as beautiful not as beautifully worded, but we called it squeeze the juice, um, and that was something that I feel you know Nicole as well as our director our senior director of content communications Megan Spork who is just fantastic as well, you know we really connected on um, at the very beginning, so that was really I know I've only been with Silo just over a year. Um, This was what we wanted to do from day one. I was building a lot of the team from the ground up. uh, And so there was an opportunity to really structure that team with that in mind, with that at the heart of our strategy. And so um, I don't know if I would have structured the team differently. However, I think our focus, you know, would have been different if we were going down this more traditional route. But I think, man, just the efficiency we've been able to drive this year, uh, what we've been able to do with a relatively small powerhouse team, um, it, it's just been incredible. And uh, I really just, and everybody was bought in from day one. You know, this isn't coming from other organizations uh, talking about squeezing the juice or, or amplified marketing is not something that everybody is is talking about, but just from day one, everybody was bought in, super passionate, excited about what we're doing. Um, so I don't know if I would have structured the team that differently, but definitely it was at the center of our model from from the start.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I, one thing um, that I am always curious about. So we talked about how you structured the team. Since you two were really aligned, um, was was there a champion? Was there the need for like executive like? Sponsorship, I think is a pretty heavy word that people use a lot, but how, who was involved in in getting this started? How did you actually get it up and off the ground?
1: Well, I think Nicole and I started talking about it literally the first time we met in person. Uh, And then Megan Spork, who I mentioned, obviously, like, so our little group, you know, we were like, all right, can we pull this off? Is this something that we we believe in it? We know it's important part of our strategy. Can we pull this off? But I will have to say it was really across our organization, um, a team effort. You know, I, I, our, for our executive team throughout this podcast process has just been uh, s- such champions and so fantastic. Our, our CEO, Eric Christopher, just bought into the vision immediately, was like, how can I help? Um, I remember sitting in my office in Indy talking to Corey Wheeler, who is one of our co-founders and chief customer officer. And I was like, all right, Corey, so kind of have this little crazy idea that we're thinking about. And I walked him through it and he just looked me dead in the eyes and he was like, I love it. Let's do it. And to have him, he was so excited about it. And then Ashley Hickman, who is our uh, customer success manager at Zylo, she was on board um, I mean, just everybody was has just like from from day one, really just been the champion, you know, across the board for for the program that we're building here.
0: Yeah, and how important do you think that is? In, I'll stop there. How important do you think that is? Is having that that buy in from from the start?
1: I I mean, Nicole, you want to take that one? I think no, I think I mean- yeah.
2: I think it's important. Um, It's definitely a time commitment, and so everybody needs to be bought in and and know what what the game, you know, what the strategy is, and and Mm -hmm. what we're going for. And um, I don't think we would be successful today if if we didn't have that, especially even our co hosts and the time it takes to to put that on.
0: I think that that's that's something that we hear a lot, and there's lots there's there's, lots of different paths to success, right? But. There is a difference when there's buy-in from the get-go as opposed to like we're gonna go try this thing and then we're gonna try to prove it. That works too. And I would actually say that's that's probably the more common one where somebody kind of is like, I'm gonna go do this thing, I'm gonna make this show, and then I'm gonna loop back and get buy-in. And that that absolutely works. But I think there's there's a definite advantage, and I think that you see it with Xylo and how fast you've been able to escalate and mature and really see success is that you had internal buy-in from the start, which is something that's noteworthy.
1: Well, I think part of it as well, though, is, is the goals that you set kind of going on this journey. Mm -hmm. Um, Our marketing organization is about driving revenue. You know, that is just, we want to drive opportunities for our sales team. So being aligned to, you know, back to when Megan and Nicole and I were, you know, initially starting to meet on this, it's what are those revenue goals? How are we going to track success? How are we going to measure that this is really making an impact on the business? And we evangelize that along the way. And I think that that's also really a key part to how um, to really how why there was such great buy-in and partnership across the organization.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I would love to hear more about that. So as you as you got started with the show. And said, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. Marketing's about revenue. I think that now more than ever, I think that's true for most companies right now. Um, how? What did that? How did that determine what you measured and what you what you said? Like this is what success looks like for launching the show versus where you are now. Um, not quite a year later, but you know, now that you've got some some legs under you, has that changed, or has have you been kind of watching and hoping for the same metrics from day one?"
2: Yeah, I, I think it really was a phased approach. Um, you know, there's just different expectations from when you're getting started to mm-hmm. um, the long term. And, you know, I think from a revenue standpoint, it's definitely a longer game. You're not going to like put out three podcast episodes and and bam, you've like sold a whole bunch of of money, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think in the beginning it was really, OK, are we getting traction? Are we really getting some listenership going? And. Mm-hmm. Then naturally, making sure that we're we're keeping tabs on that as we go on. But I think ultimately now we're to a point where we're looking a little bit more closely at the revenue impact and you know what SQOs have been influenced by the podcast, like who's listened to it, um, even on the close one side. You know what does that look like? Who's mentioning it in, in Gong calls and that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, and I would love to get more into that too because one of one of the reasons that we're talking today is some of the results that, that you've seen and which is what so many brands are hoping for. It's like, I want to do this show and I want it to do something for me and for the business. So what, how have you done that? And like, let's as basic as we can get, and then we can kind of build from there. Um, how did you even know what to look for and, and how has that advanced along the way?
2: Yeah, I think um, part of it was uh, one of our other partners that we've used, um, they're called Hatch, and and they actually have um, an agency site as well. But they've been a really valuable resource on the production and um, had a whole course that I went through to really understand all all the pieces of a podcast. Um, And so that really helped me kind of get a baseline of what I actually need to look for. Um, and so that's where, you know, some of these metrics came in, um, you know, some of that was trying new things and having casted insights to be able to, to kind of take that to that next level. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's see, let's go back. We talked a little bit about how the show came to be, who was involved, how you saw success so quickly with, with that internal buy-in. Um, and we started to get into, starting to see, um, attribution to revenue, right? So let's, let's go back a little bit again and say, okay, creating, creating the show, like, um, you've mentioned some of the team members that are involved in the buying that you had. Um, how has the show itself started to evolve or even has it, um, since, since that original vision and, and origin story that you had has, has the show largely stayed the same or what, what tweaks have you made, and how have you known which way to go—whether to stay the course or to make changes?
2: Yeah, so I would say it's it's generally the same than from where we started. You know, all that storytelling and, and trying to get into how people are managing their SaaS today. Um, but really, now we just started season two, and and really took that as a chance to get a little creative, maybe a little experimental. Um, try some new things. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, while we're still continuing with that interview process, uh, we added a new segment, uh, which I'm super, super excited about. It's super fun. Um, It's like a hot take segment. So one of our colleagues gives a a hot take from a Zylo point of view on SaaS management. And we're really catering that to the guests. So whatever that persona, whether it's their IT or procurement, um, kind of tailoring it to them, getting their take on it in the actual episode and um, we actually posted the other day of uh, uh, the video of it on social and so we're, we're using it as a way to expand the content amplifying the content mm.
1: so
0: love that. Yeah. love that we actually
1: so, did uh, one um, kind of live recording that so we have a industry annual conference as well called SasME which mm-hmm. is where sort of the sasME unfiltered uh, brand name came from. And so we actually recorded a live session from our conference, and that's going to be dropping as part of season two as well. So that was a a new idea and you knew something to test out for for season two as well. Very excited
0: about that. Awesome. Okay. And that's one of the things that I wanted to get to as well. So you two were aligned from day one. You wanted to do a show. You wanted to get more human. You wanted to, to leverage all of these great relationships and customers that you have. You wanted to tell their stories. Awesome. That turned into a show, you had internal buy-in, that's great. And so one of the things that I've loved to see that is the difference maker that, that we talk about a lot with our customers and, and anyone who will listen is, is one of the mistakes that, that brands that podcasts make is they they make a show, they publish a show That's and that's it and they publish it. And then they, they want to grow the audience and they forget or they lose sight of the why. Why Why am I doing this? And you all have never lost sight of the why. It's always been about that human connection, telling stories for the sake of being relevant to your audience, um, being more authentic with your audience and, and trying to reach them in different ways. And so what I've loved to see is how what you just mentioned, which is we have this content over here from this event or these other places that can fuel the show. And then we have the show that can fuel other things. And how can we, you, you just listed off a bunch of them in a couple of sentences that you said. So you have the Sass Me event that can fuel the Sass Me unfiltered show. You have the Sass Me unfiltered show that with these hot takes that you, you use kind of like some behind the scenes content video that you can use in social media. I mean, all of these, it sounds like you're constantly thinking of how can we use this content in other ways. And to me, that's the difference maker. And that is a huge part of why you're seeing such success. Tell me a little bit about, about that. And the, what I think is coming so naturally to you, at least it's like watching figure skating. It looks really effortless, but you're probably really intentional. It's like a lot of work. How does that how has that come to be for you all? And, and tell me what that thought process is, because it seems like you're constantly thinking of new ways to interweave all of this content.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it just goes back to our, our mantra of squeeze the juice that I think just comes naturally. But I think to your point, once we started the podcast, it just made that so much easier um, you know, it's like one fueling the other, but you know, we're coming up with ideas and we're like, Hey, there's a podcast episode with an awesome quote that we can use for that. Or, Hey, like somebody told me they had this call, um, with this company and they had this problem and, um, Hey, let's get them on the show and, and let's put a podcast episode about that. Um, and even just into the written content, like the transcripts that we get and cast it, like, let's create some blogs or, you know. Let's create one from all the segments that we've already done. Um, so it just it just makes it a no-brainer, makes it so easy.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once you're in it. So how long did it take you and, and what did it look like to get from origin story to where you are now, not just with launching the show, but getting to this. I mean it, it's kind of like it's like muscle memory. Once, once you're if you're always looking for ways to squeeze the juice, then you'll keep doing it as opposed to like, Oh God, we got to have that squeeze the juice meeting. We got to go remember What are we going to do? Cause you're kind and it sounds like it's a team thing. Like it's, it sounds like you're constantly thinking of ways. And then, and then it's accepted too, because it's not like, Oh, well, Meredith wants us to go squeeze some more juice out of the thing. Like (laughs) it sounds like. And if it's not, you're doing a really great job of making it seem this way. <laughs> it seems like it's it's a team thing. it's a, it's accepted. It's known. like everybody knows you're gonna be amplifying everything. Um, I imagine that it wasn't instantaneously like that. how did How did you go from like we're gonna launch a show and we're gonna use it everywhere? like what did that what did that evolution? What did that process? What did that growth and and maturation look like?
1: Um, hmm, that's a great question. I, Maybe you know, it was makes,
0: really natural. I don't know.
1: Well, it, you know, it started. Uh, so again, you know, I'm just kind of I think I just passed my year anniversary at Zylo. And, and
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Um, <laughs> we were embarking on one of our biggest launches, uh, one of the biggest the data reports that we do every year called the SAS Management Index, which is just this incredible report. Uh, that is all about the the data that we we have from our, our customers. Um, and I think we started there. Uh, Nicole, keep me honest here, but I think it was that conversation with that asset. And it was we started really to talk about this this concept of squeeze the juice. And you know that report has um, you know it's I think we one report is now five different flavors for procurement, IT, for finance, for the enterprise. Uh, There's a webinar and there's blog content on that. So that was a really great project for us to all get to learn each other and learn kind of that mantra um, very, very quickly and i would say that you know lindsay you you mentioned that it was a, a it really has kind of permeated our entire team so you know everything that you know customer marketing is doing we're thinking about ways to amplify that content everything that you know product marketing to you know digital and demand gen all the way how can we feed our outbound team it is really grown into something that all of us, uh, I think, really believe in and are really always thinking about it. So I'm sure at the beginning, there was definitely some eye rolls about, um, oh, God, here comes Meredith with that squeeze the juice thing again. <laughs> um, but I definitely think it's become more part of our DNA.
0: Yeah. And I I mean, the things that that I hear about how you're using podcasting, how you're using SASME Unfiltered, how you're using Casted in other ways, it's it's really interesting because that that permeates. It goes from how do we use the show or this marketing thing in other parts of marketing, right? And then it's like, how do we use this marketing thing in other parts of brand building? And then it's other parts of new business. And then it's other parts of revenue. And then it's all throughout the business, right? So how are what are some other ways that you're using like audio and video content? I guess perhaps casted in because you all have gotten really creative with how you're using this stuff.
2: Yeah, we've I mean we I think we have I don't know like six different collections now in casted. Um, Back we had one for like the longest time, (laughs) but uh, really like we have we call our talking head videos. So just really topical, quick hit videos all of SAS me conferences in there. We have two Mm -hmm. years full of video content um, that we've been able to slice and dice just like the podcast. Um, So it's just, it's the thing that keeps fueling itself. It seems like.
0: I love it. That's so cool. So show is launched, you're rolling, you're squeezing all the juice from all the thing. (laughs) When, what was, did you have a moment um, that you kind of knew that you were onto something like this is, this is a thing, this isn't a little idea over on the side, like this is, this is fueling, we're squeezing the juice. Like, <laughs> we got a whole tree, we're squeezing all the juice from all the oranges. Like how, how did, what were some of those those moments for you two? Yeah, Meredith, do you wanna go first? Uh,
1: I remember exactly where I was. Uh, we, it was, we had not launched the season. I had gotten the first sort of our final cut of the first episode uh had it on my phone and i was like and i'm a big podcast person i, I love to listen to podcasts and so i was like all right i'm going to put myself in the shoes of our listeners so i was like i really want to be authentic and go through this process so um got my phone hopped in the car, I was like i'm gonna drive to target you know this is when i'm consuming my my podcast and played the episode and it was our first episode with the former cio uh brad pollard at tenable uh and i got goosebumps and it was it was not a long, laborious episode. It was, you know, I think it was 20, 25 minutes. It was thoughtful. It was funny. I had learned stuff by the end of the episode. And I I probably got a little bit teary-eyed at the, at the same moment of just, like, this was the magic we were looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring... I mean, our customers are incredible and to elevate those voices and have them just authentically talk about kind of the, the partnership with Zylo and how we're really helping them solve these, these challenges and making an impact in their, their businesses. I, yeah, I still get a little bit just like, you know, excited about it, but that was definitely, I remember sitting in that parking lot at Target and I was like, this is it, like, this is what we were trying to do.
0: Oh, that's so cool. How yeah.
2: Definitely some of those same feelings. Um, I think just being more more tactical, boots on the ground. There's been, I'd say, a few moments just throughout the whole process. Um, and similar to Meredith, I mean, that was one of them, just hearing kind of like these priceless, uh, you know, things from our customers and just even naturally like bringing up Xylo in there, which is, you know, makes our hearts flutter a little bit. Um, <laughs> but then even um, to the Meredith's point on hearing the feedback from our customers, um, I remember there's one email um, that our host Corey forwarded to me and um, this person her listened to a podcast and was like, these ideas were great. I brought them to my leadership and now we're we're going to implement them at our company. And that just felt super validating to me that mm-hmm. we, ha- we were really onto something. And um, and then even as, you know, we got toward the end of season one and we're starting to see the brands that we're like exposing to this podcast were just incredible and um, definitely just keeps building and building.
0: Yeah. And and I can't, you know, I, I wouldn't be a good CEO of Casted if I didn't say, wait, you could see the brand. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about how you, how could you possibly see what brand? Why, Lindsay, yes, Jimmy we can. not talk talking about this,
2: ladies. Yeah, so. How, do you, how right. do you see? How do you know? see? <laughs> yeah, those, so really those insights um, that Casted now has really, I mean, you can't really get that anywhere. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the layer that's been missing from a lot of, um, you know, podcasts, um, platforms that, you know, bring all that data to you, but can you see who's actually listening to it? Like how many people from that company are are listening to it? Um, so that's, that's just been amazing.
0: Yeah. How, how do you use that? Like, what does that look like on your side? Like how, how does insights come to play in your, um, review of how the podcast is doing? How does that fit into your flow?
2: Yeah. So, you know, what we've kind of been trying, you know, amongst the team is is sharing some of the successes of the podcast. And and that includes calling out, you know, some of these uh, companies, these brands that are are listening that um, whether they're customers or they're in our pipeline. um, And that's just, I think, really helpful for the broader team to see and um, everyone who's trying to contribute um, to that revenue goal.
1: I'd say even as an additional layer of intent, um, you know, obviously revenue in sales qualified opportunities are, are where the rubber meets the road and critically important. But with for, you know, our BDR team, for them to be able to have that visibility into maybe brands they've been doing outreach to, but haven't really responded, it is an additional layer of intent for us to be able to see, OK, well, maybe maybe we are making some traction there that we originally
0: uh, we originally didn't think we were. Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. So tell me, you know, since we're talking about Casted, tell me more. Um, tell me more about um, what are some of the things that you are able to do um, in Casted going beyond saying, OK, we're going to do a show. We've talked a lot about how amplification and squeezing the juice is so core to what you're doing, to how you are building brand and actually growing the business at Zilo. Um how does, how does Casted help make that happen? Like what are the even just little parts and pieces or things that you're able to do because it's there?
1: I think one of the things, and Nicole, I know you've probably got a list as well of, uh, you know, as much as I would love to think that uh, everyone listens to all the content and reads everything that we put out there and watches every webinar. Obviously. Obviously, um, as much as I would love for that to be the case, that's not. Um, people are busy. They they just have a lot going on. So sometimes, you know, being able to directly directly share with our AE team, hey, you're looking for a success story. You're looking for something a customer has said that you have a prospect who has a specific challenge that they're looking to overcome and wondering if Xylo is going to be that partner for them. Being able to send them a link and have them go directly to that moment in the webinar or the podcast and hear that section hear that customer specifically talk to that point. That is just that's been huge uh, and that's really been just an incredible uh, functionality of the platform that I know that I know our sales team loves it. Um, so that's been been really great.
0: That's awesome. I love to hear that. If, if yeah you, like, just want to cut you difficult. off. <laughs>
2: Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, as as Meredith said, I do have like a whole list of things, but really, just even from you know getting it up on there, um, this will be my my shout out to Dion on managed services. This has just been like incredible resource for us and allowing me to really focus more on the strategy of it and the content, um, which is amazing. Um, just down to the transcripts and getting all these like diceable. Pieces and the audiograms. I mean, that's just. I mean, clutch for you know, squeezing the juice, getting it all out there in different ways, um, like insights, like I mentioned before. Um, mm-hmm. And the new thing that I'm excited about is the the share center and being able to to see a little bit more um, on on you know how our efforts are, are you know getting that exposure for the show. Um, you know, one example. Is um, you know we have we have a player embedded on one of our landing pages that's part of a paid um, campaign, mm-hmm. and we saw our impressions soar like crazy. And now with having some of these trackable links, we're going to be able to you know see what's coming from social, what's coming from email, and and you know what's the difference between the organic and the paid that we have going on. So super excited yeah. about that. That's the idea can't wait to see you use it. Yeah. So,
0: okay. So thank you for telling us what you like about It. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Let's zooming out a little bit. Let's, let's talk about what Um, the impacts that you've seen as a result of like amplified marketing as a whole, right? So something that you two were really aligned on, we were really aligned on from day one, you're not, you're about a year in to even being here at all Meredith, but (laughs) as far as all of this, it's, it's, it's pretty new, but you're seeing results. I mean, tell me about the business impacts that you've seen as a result of saying from day one, we're going to, we're going to squeeze the juice. We're going to take on this amplified marketing approach. Um, how how's that impacting the business how's that impacting the outcomes of this strategy
1: uh yeah that's a great question i mean again that's where revenue is where the rubber meets the road and you know it, we are still fairly new in our journey in the sense that we it feels like it's three years but literally it was may when we mm-hmm. launched our our first episode and then i think the snowball effect took into place uh of you know SAS me the the conference and our webinars and our talking head videos and all, all of uh, the additional ways we've been able to use Casted, uh, really being able to see uh, sales qualified opportunities and close one business in Q three appearing in the Insights platform, knowing that the podcast and, and our uh, a lot of our audio and video content was a part of that was incredible. I will say that you know at a high level. We set a record as a business the first half of this year for revenue mm-hmm. and then beat that number uh, by 30% in Q3. Wow. And SaaS me unfiltered, SAS me, the conference, all these things that we've been doing are a part of that. And uh, it's a it's a huge win for our entire team at Xylo from our customer success team to marketing to sales and product Uh but definitely, what we've been doing with the, the amplification of our content is a huge, huge part of that. Yeah,
0: that's so cool. So cool. Okay, so and I guess so. You said that um, that revenue is where the rubber meets the road, one hundred percent. And you've had great success, which is awesome. Have you have you seen like what ways are you able to actually pull the thread through? And as as some of those. Um, insiders who have been supporters of the show from day one um, who were excited about the concept. What are you able to go back? I mean, even like tactically and go back and, and say, cause we, we hear about this all the time. It's like, yeah, it, my, I, I have support for the show in concept, but unless I can turn around and say, this is what it's doing for the brand. This is what it's doing for the business. You know, my budget goes away, especially now. So what's, what's your, What's your answer to that? And kind of what advice do you have to other marketers that want to be able to prove that kind of value back to the business? Uh, transparency
1: in reporting on it regularly. Uh, so I, I think there's two ways. So we actually have a scorecard that our marketing leadership team manages every every week. And I want to say it's probably 20 different numbers uh, on that spreadsheet, but those are the way we're keeping the pulse of marketing's impact on the business. Mm -hmm. And one of those stats is around the podcast. It's, it's listenership. How is the pulse of our, our podcast performing? Um, At a, at a higher level, we'll look to report on it every single quarter. So uh, we're actually having this, you know, next week, but we have a, a, a team meeting with our marketing and BDR team and each, of our different pillars within marketing, revenue marketing, content and brand and customer marketing all have a Q3 or whatever quarter it is overview. How did things perform? What did we did that worked? What did we do that probably did not work and we may wanna think about retiring. Uh, and after that meeting, that's something that I surface at the executive team level. So when I'm going over what are our plans for the quarter, there is always that look back. And so we're, we're very transparent about what are we measuring? What is the impact to the business? Calling out the brands that are engaging with the content, as well as how is that impacting sales qualified opportunities and close one business?
0: Hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's good. starting with the end in mind and being able to work backwards and saying this is what we're going to measure every step of the way. This is what you can expect from us. Um, and accountability in that metrics too. I, I think that that's, that's really important. Um, yeah. So, okay. So I've grilled you. A lot, I think, in summary. um, What advice would you give, just generally speaking, to other um, content marketers, other marketing leaders who either have a show and want to achieve this level of success that you have and are continuing to see um, or that are, are wanting to even get started? What would you tell them?
2: Nicole, I'll let you start. Yeah, I think I have really two. I think the first would be You know, this is, it's a longer game for a longer, longer time to return and, um, just stay committed and stick through with it. Um, the other would be just get creative. This is a chance to, to do new things. And, um, you know, each season gives you an opportunity to do that.
1: I think two things I would hit on, um. You know, for us, taking this approach and and being thoughtful about this strategy was definitely a shift in thinking. And so I think there is that element of of making sure that the the team is bought in. You know, we aren't, it's not our sole concern of how many email addresses we captured this quarter and how many of them turned into MQLs. And that is a shift for some businesses and, uh, and some marketing teams. So I think that really thinking about that. Uh, how can you educate and get the rest of the team and the company bought into that? Your your executive team is really important. Um, but just, you know, just like the question we were just talking about is being very clear with your goals. You know, what do you really want this this program to serve? Uh, is it it may not be revenue that may not be what you're you're trying to make an impact on. And you want to make sure that the goals that you are um that you're really striving for, aligned to what your strategy and what you really want the outcomes to be.
0: I love that. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so with that, um, I neglected to encourage the posting of questions in the Q and A. So um, anyone who would like to post a question, go for it. And in the meantime, um, one question that I see so far is, um, what was one of the most challenging parts of getting your show launched in the very beginning? What are some challenges you ran into? I think
1: from my perspective, it was, uh, we had so many ideas.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and it, So that was, and they were great ideas, but they were all different. And, uh, and Lindsay, I, I wanna take a moment to give a shout out to you specifically. I remember right as we were beginning our partnership and Megan and I, and I think Nicole, you were on the line as well. And we were sitting with you and it was like, we don't know what we don't know in this moment. And you were willing to listen to all of our, all of our ideas, all the different takes and angles we were looking at approaching this and your feedback and the support of just the entire casted team throughout this whole process has just been, that's incredible. Um, and just wanna thank you guys for, for all that as well, because I don't think we would have achieved you know this level of success with, without you.
0: Aw, thanks. Um, well, and you're not alone. I mean, I, I've been there and, and a lot of other, of our other customers have been there too, where it's, um, I, I know we, we talked about the difference from traditional B2B marketing and it's like, I know how to do that. All of the playbooks tell me to do that, to write the ebook. And, um, while there's nothing, well, that's not wrong. I feel like there's a, there's something maybe better now. And so, um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for that. Um, And that's if if anyone who is listening or watching is feeling like I wanna do this, but I don't know where to start. I think that's probably like the most common feeling, which is like, we have so many ideas and I'm overwhelmed, but (laughs) you're not alone. Um, Okay, here's another. Um, What would you recommend to organizations who are at earlier stages of the maturity curve? So actually we didn't get specifically to the maturity curve, but um, in a nutshell, you all are a great example of of this this holy grail level five, right? The stage five where getting started. You start at stage one, where it's um, we have this idea that we think could be a show. We're going to record it. That's literally stage one. Stage two is like we're going to keep recording and maybe get consistent about publishing and maybe get into like a cadence and a rhythm stage three is where a lot of companies are where they they have this show they have a regular cadence and they're really focused on growing the audience and quite often companies get stuck there because they don't realize that there's a stage four and a stage five where at stage four you use that show to bring it out to squeeze the juice and to grow the brand and you all kind of started there and then accelerated into stage five which is saying yep it's about the show but beyond the show it's about building the brand but Beyond that, it's about generating revenue. And you've been able to prove, as you mentioned, um, attribution to revenue, how you're fueling growth of the business. So that said, back to this question, um, what would you recommend to organizations that aren't quite there yet? Um, and, and then there's a second part of this question, too. But like as they're getting started and, and they're still at that like developing a show, building an audience what mindset or what advice do you think that they can take from you that will help them get to stage four and
2: five? I mean, you all just went straight there. (laughs) Yeah, I think just starting small, um, you know, for us, it was, we have a, a question that we would always ask in an episode. And um, it was called, like, what is your oh shit moment? Um, and when you needed, you realized you needed SaaS management. Like, we asked that at every time and really used that as a way to to form a blog post. Like, that's one simple tactical thing that you can do. Um, but I think you just got to, I think you mentioned something earlier. Um, uh, what was it? I It escapes me now. But, like, just trying to... Um, i've lost my train of thought <laughs> that's okay so, first of all, it'll it'll just keep snowballing um, yeah the more you you just practice that it just it gets ingrained in your mind um and and that's sort of like a really starts
0: important. to come naturally yeah.
2: yeah yeah i think that's i think that's a great piece of advice i mean kind of like we
1: you know we talked about earlier we didn't start with podcasts we started with an ebook, and kind of building that mentality and how does, how do we prove out the strategy with something we were more used to as a team? Yeah. Uh, So I I definitely think starting small and starting something with that, what you're already comfortable with, um, you know, and then, you know, I think it makes the, it made the podcast and all of our audio and video content just so much easier to think about.
0: Yeah. And did you know, like going through these stages, did what level of awareness did you have of like kind of being in a different mindset and, and being in a more sophisticated mind space or a a higher maturity level? um, Did you have any awareness of that at all? Or were you just like, no, this is,
2: this is how we're just going to do it. I mean, I think it comes naturally. I remember you, putting out the, you know, this maturity assessment, I'm like, oh, we can't be a five. Like, this is just how we <laughs> do things. Like, this is just who we are.
0: <laughs> Naturally gifted. <Yeah. laughs> um, and one of the, part two of the question before is what are, the, and we spoke a little bit about this in the conversation, but if there's anything you'd call out specifically, like, what are the benefits or like specific ROI that you've seen in having that mindset of being really revenue focused from day one, this, what we call stage five.
1: Oh, let's see. Um, that's a great question. You guys are catching me off my game today a little
0: bit. <laughs> oh, can you repeat the question one more time? I want to make yeah. sure I'm getting this right. Yep. So, what are the benefits to to your ROI, or what ROI have you seen from being at a stage five? And I would say of, of having that revenue mindset from day one. <sighs>
1: gosh I'm, that's a really really great question i think i mean we we're, i think we the interesting thing has been to see it affect maybe tangential metrics that we weren't necessarily expecting mm-hmm. uh so website traffic uh to ability to increase the Uh, the level of engagement with some of our, you know, our digital programs and campaigns to see the return in emails that we're getting opened and engaged with on our, our BDR side. I think those were some of the, I think, surprising ROI and benefits that we've seen from the program. And uh, as well as just, you know, giving our, our voice and our our brand personality on social Mm -hmm. as well. I think that that is again, so, so much of uh, Our brand is, I think, just our people and how we work with our customers and highlighting our customers. And we've really been able to do that with Casted. And I think bring that voice in an authentic way and fully all the way through onto social. And so we've seen a lot of benefits with engagement and with growth of audience there too, with just,
0: again, just using the content that we already had in different ways. So important. And we didn't even really get into that, which is using what you you already have. I mean, we've talked about it. With this whole squeezing the juice but like constantly going back and saying like what do we already have that we can repurpose and reuse so okay one more um besides the podcast itself which you're doing a a lot as you mentioned didn't even start with the show with this mentality but besides the podcast itself what are the best performing pieces of content that are driven or amplified by the podcast so as you're ringing it out as you're squeezing the juice what's one of your go-to's because it
2: seems to work really well for you Like that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, there's definitely a few episodes um, that pop up in my mind that mm-hmm. uh, are are you know, still popular today. and I think it was actually a two of our first few that we debuted on launch day.'re mm-hmm. um, still so just getting high engagement and um, I mean we've we've definitely made some margaritas out of the juice <laughs> from those um, in in all sorts of ways on on our website and other content. Sounds cool. Very, very cool.
0: Okay, all right, so I have one bonus question that's completely, oh. yes, it's completely <laughs> random. So we all, um and we're 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 pulling in a thread here that if you're watching today, you're getting a sneak peek at it. But, um everybody's talking about how brands need to think like media companies. That's not new. People have been talking about that forever. Um, but what what we're wondering at Casted is and what we're curious about, is okay if you're thinking like a media company that doesn't mean it's a thing over here on an island it's not we're going to do a podcast and call ourselves a media company it it really is a central uh it's got to be central to your overall strategy And, and media can't just be a thing you do it has to be part of how you grow right and to do that i think it you have to have a certain marketing dna like there has to be something in you that that to your point that comes naturally it was like of course we're going to kind of think like a media company cuz media is important it's how you build human connections or something of something of the like so my question here for all for you and for everybody that we're talking to in this in this season that we'll be doing something fun with later is do you have any background in performance production entertaining shows where this sort of like yeah we're going to get in front of people and we're going to do something that makes them engaged would come more naturally than perhaps more traditional marketing?
1: I was definitely involved in theater and plays when I was younger. Uh, at some point, someone thought I could sing, which is not the case. So I don't do that publicly <laughs> at all anymore. I'm
0: not going to make you sing. There's not going to be any singing oh, here. That's everyone the would moment. drop.
1: Everyone would drop off this very, very quickly. <laughs> uh, and I, I danced all the way through college, uh, was on oh. the NC State dance team. So uh, that was what?
0: one thing I can continue all the way through. That's amazing. That's so
2: cool. All these fun stories that we're hearing here. How about how about you Nicole? <laughs> Meredith is a lot more hands. exciting than mine. I, I had some dabbling in um, you know, a couple theater productions and some music when I was younger. but um, I I have a little bit more experience on the design side and less on the the production. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. There's something here. I'm telling you, everybody that I've talked to has had something. There's some predisposition to the art. And the entertainment side of marketing of brand building—that oh, I'm telling you—is going to mm-hmm. fuel, yeah. And I, we all know that as humans, but I think the more that it's part of your story, like that's it's it's turning into something bigger, amongst brands that are seeing the most success in in establishing that human connection today. So,
1: I think it it absolutely shifts the way you look at things.
0: Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing your stories. And thanks for being here today. We appreciate you. And um, everybody who is watching or listening now should definitely, definitely check out Sass Me Unfiltered. Um, It's a great show and you're doing really, really cool things with it. And um, don't just check out the show, check out all the things that you're doing with it because you are definitely squeezing out all kinds of juice and making all kinds of margaritas. I love that. (laughs) But thank you for being here today. Um, Thank you both. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for everybody joining. All right, thanks. Thanks everyone. Well, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about how Zylo is leading the way in SaaS management, be sure to visit zylo.com. And to discover all the ways that Meredith and Nicole are driving the bottom line with audio and video content, check out their podcast, SaaS Me Unfiltered. And to learn more about Casted and how we can help you, visit casted.us and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and get the latest on all things B2B podcasting, amplified marketing, and more.